everyone, and welcome to the Actors Podcast, a bi-weekly programme dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and actors. I'm Rebecca Hendren, the Director of Programming for Actors, and I'll be your host for today's show, which is part of our Talking CDI series. In every episode of this series, I'll be joined by a special guest, such as a member of the Actors Advisory Board or one of our expert bootcamp instructors, to discuss a topic pertinent to today's CDI professional. Today I'm joined by my co-host, Kim Connor, BSN, CCDS, CCDSO, who is a CDI education specialist for Actus and HC Pro. Kim serves as a full-time instructor for HC Pro's CDI bootcamps and propels CDI advisory services, and she's a subject matter expert for Actus and frequently writes for Actus publications and speaks at Actus events. Kim has 20 years of clinical experience as a surgical ICU burn trauma nurse at large academic medical centers, and in 2013 she shifted her focus from the bedside to CDI. During her career, she's been responsible for initiating CDI programs in both the inpatient and outpatient settings, developing ongoing education across the continuum of care, and most recently was a CDI director where she led education and support programs to maximize CDI success. Today's topic is going to be post-op complications. So we're also joined by Aaron A.J. Hegg, MD, Physician Advisor for UM and CDI, and Critical Care Physician at Essentia Health in Duluth. Minnesota. Dr. Hegg, AJ, grew up in northern Minnesota and graduated from medical school at the University of Minnesota in 2006. He completed a six-year combined residency fellowship in emergency medicine, internal medicine, and critical care at Detroit's Henry Ford Hospital in 2012. Currently, AJ works clinically as an intensivist and in the emergency department at Essentia Health in Duluth and has been the inpatient CDI medical director for the 13 hospitals in the Essentia system since 2019. He also serves as the medical director for sepsis. Also, before we begin, a quick reminder about the fact that the Actis podcast now offers 0.5 Actis CEUs for the first two days after airing, which you can use towards your CCDS or CCDSO certification requirements. We'll share the instructions at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. And before we jump into our topic, here's a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by the 2023 Actus National Conference, which takes place May 8th through 11th, 2023 at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago. We spend more than half of our lives at our jobs. It's time to see our professional lives for what they are, our lives. It's time to not just see our nine to fives as work, but to see ourselves as part of a community of individuals striving to learn and grow. It's time to see your job in CDI as an opportunity to flourish personally and professionally. You'll find sessions for all experience levels and backgrounds in each of the conference tracks for 2023, which include clinical encoding, CDI masterclass, quality and regulatory, management and program development, and innovation and expansion. As well as unparalleled educational content, the Actus 2023 conference features inspirational keynotes to recharge your soul and opportunities to network with your peers that will revive your pride in the profession and send you back home with a new spring in your step. As always, Actus provides breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages during breaks and an opening night reception, all included with your registration. So join us in 2023. It's the right environment, the right nutrients, and the right atmosphere to better understand all the 
ways you can turn your daily work into an opportunity to not just live, but flourish. Those who register by March 6th, 2023 have access to our early bird discount price, which gives you $100 off your registration. So make sure to act now. Learn more and register at the link in today's show notes. And now back to the show. Thanks again for joining us today, AJ and Kim. We're really excited to sit down with you to discuss the coding clinic on post-op complications. To start us off, Kim, can you tell us what the coding clinic said? Sure. Uh, th- this one uh, kind of threw everybody for a loop because it it, it kind of was multifactorial, mu- multi-layered here. So um, a question went out in 2021 uh, about uh, a, a complication during a procedure. So essentially, uh, the patient had scheduled surgery was to have a fallopian tube and an ovary removed, and there were complications during that procedure. So the question went out, um, because I do believe that the the person asking the question recognized something was a little bit of a, a miss because the clinic specifically said and the, and the uh, organization specifically said that the surgery was extended. They extended the the uh, incision. A loop of bowel was brought through, and um, they were they removed part of the bowel. So they did a small bowel resection due to uh, serosal tears and and uh, the bowel adhering to the ventral sac. So a query actually went out to the provider and the provider specifically said that this was not unexpected. uh, And it was, and he specifically stated that this was not a complication. So I think the person asking the question kind of recognized this went a little bit beyond not being a complication. So asked the question. So coding clinic actually came back and said you would code the accidental tear and laceration of the bowel. And so I think that's what kind of sparked um, some controversy because now it, it kind of ventures into coding guidelines and coding conventions. So there was another uh, clarification that went out because I'm sure a lot of people were very confused by the advice that was given. And essentially what coding clinic came back and said was this does not conflict with coding guidelines. Uh, a physician does not necessarily have to state something is a complication in order to capture it as a complication if there's a, co- a cause and effect relationship that's been established, as well as looking at a case and saying, did it change the course of care? Um, did it change the length of the surgery or the intent of the surgery? So I think that's what kind of threw everybody for a loop, because if you look at coding conventions, uh, which kind of is at the top of the hierarchy, it actually says whatever the doctor says it is, that's what it is. So when a physician was specifically queried and was asked, is this a complication and stated it wasn't, I think that's where the conflict kind of came in. And again, we don't want to unnecessarily ding um, our organizations if something really isn't a complication, but I think that's really what what kind of caused a lot of the the problems and and everybody kind of scratching their head going, well, wait a minute, now we have to figure out, is this a complication? Did this extend, you know, the, the length of the surgery or the course of care uh, for this patient? And, and now you have people trying to make those decisions that don't necessarily, have not necessarily worked in, in a clinical environment. So I, I think that poses a lot of issues. So I don't know what AJ thinks about that. Well, I, I definitely have some thoughts and I'm happy to share them here. So, you know, I think it's it's really interesting. If you go back and you look at the official coding guidelines, what they say is 
you know, the code assignment is based on the provider's documentation of the relationship between the condition uh, and the care, unless otherwise instructed by classification. And I think that phrase is really important. And the other thing that it says further down is there, there has to be a cause and effect relationship. I think we've established that that's clear. And then they say there also has to be an indication in the documentation that it's a complication. I think what people have done is they've taken that indication that it's a complication to mean that the physician has to document it as a complication. I mean, this coding clinic really went and said, no, it's not the word complication. That is the indication that it is one, um, that there's other things. And so they've really just kind of changed the bar that we use to measure if something is a complication or not. And in very many ways, I think that this is a really good thing. And because, you know, when we're we're asking uh, surgeons to be their own referees, you know, was this a complication? Was it not a complication? Or that's what we had been doing up until this point. Well, that word, even though ICD-10 doesn't doesn't say that complication is necessarily a bad thing. It's still a word that has a really negative connotation when you ask a surgeon that. And, you know, whether or not they're explicitly thinking this or just there's some internal bias that is hard to get over, it's hard to say, yes, it was a complication. And so what we did is we looked at this and we said, well, okay, clearly there are some cases where there are going to be complications where we don't even need the uh, physician to be their own referee anymore. And this is now one of them. Pinson and Tang had a nice review article from April of last year, uh, and they pointed this out too and, and said, you know, there's other cases like this where we do not need the physician to be their own referee. You know, they specifically called out, you know, laceration of the right atrial appendage following a, a pacemaker lead extraction and code I-97.51. Um, they have a couple of other ones on there and a nice review article that's worth reading. But, you know, so there are cases where we do not ask them anymore. It's, you know, it happened. There is a cause and effect relationship there, and that is enough to assign the complication code. There's, we looked at this and we talked about too, and he said, there's still going to be cases where, you know, we cannot know if something was a complication or not. And we can't really use the word complication anymore. But what we can do, and I think the right thing to do is ask the physician, did it alter the course of the surgery? Which is, it takes away that loaded question of was it a complication or not? And it sets a different bar that in a lot of ways to me seems like it is easier to answer that question without bias. So it's going to change a few things and we're going to record a few more complications, I think. But I think that what we're going to do is we're going to more accurately capture what is going on and report this more consistently. And that ultimately is gonna help us to uh, help figure out what's going on with patients and to address any issues that are going on you know, both in our own institution and nationwide. That's fascinating, AJ. Have, did this coding clinic cause a lot of controversy around your CDI professionals at your organization? Like, how have you been tackling this internally? So I think when this came out, we were, you know, a bit worried when we were going to go and do education with the surgeons. How were people going to respond to this? What were we going to see in differences? And, you know, when we went out and did education with the, the surgeons, there was no pushback for us. You know, people said, okay, you know, now you're asking if it altered the course of surgery and we'll tell you. And there was no pushback about this specific one, if it's a complication or not. You know, we've been 
looking at and I asked, you know, our coding partners and quality partners before this to pull some data. You know, one of our concerns was what is this going to do to PSI 15? And you know, PSI 15 is is the accidental punctures or lacerations uh, during a procedure of the abdomen or pelvis. And, you know, the, the concern is will they go up? So we've looked at our own internal data and there is a small tick up in the last year in PSI 15. I don't know if it's enough to say, was this just a bad year or is this going to be a wider trend that we're going to see across the industry? So we actually also looked at Vizient data and, you know, a thousand plus hospitals in Vizient data. And it does also look like in Vizient, like there's a, a trend up in the, the reporting of PSI 15 too. So I think time will tell if that is true or not, but I think and hope we're getting more accurate coding. But other than that, you know, we we stopped querying for this one particular complication and, you know, other ones that are similar when we don't need the physician to be their own referee. And when we do need to query, we changed our language and just said, did this alter the course of surgery? I love that change of language. Kim, what are you hearing from people? Are you getting a lot of questions? So we do get a lot of questions, and and actually, to AJ's point, PSI uh, 15 is everybody's uh, focus because again, um, we know that PSIs are quality metrics, and you know they're really intended to capture the worst of the worst. They're not intended; they're not an "I gotcha" type of thing. And PSI 15, a few years back, was a heavily weighted. Um, the the parameters were much different. Um, than they are today. So in order to trigger PSI 15, not only does the patient have to have an abdominal surgery, but they have to be taken back and have a second surgery, abdominal surgery, in order to trigger that PSI, meaning, you know, maybe a leak was found or, you know, they may have left, you know, they may have left a cirrhosal tear alone and now um, they have a perforation they have to go back and fix. So it really is meant to capture that it's really not meant to capture even if somebody does nick a bowel and it is considered a complication uh, it's not meant to capture that it's meant to capture you missed it and had to go back or you recognized it and you you know and we, we ended up having to, to take the patient back as a result so you know that's always the concern and and we need to take a look at what is triggering the psi so is it accurate We've gotten many questions where, you know, a patient has had an abdominal procedure uh, and maybe had an, another procedure down the road and it's triggering that PSI because there's two procedures there, even though they're completely unrelated. One of them may not be um, one of the codes that is captured under PSI 15. So it, it's also looking to make sure that the data that is getting collected and the PSI that we are triggering uh, is actually accurate. So that that is the word of caution I, I will give everybody out there when it comes to that PSI. That's really good advice. AJ, you, you have been talking about this, but can you just dive in a little bit more to give people clarity? So folks are getting caught up in whether the provider documents a complication. Can you speak to that again? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this is the provider documenting a complication is what it's what we used to use. Um, we'd say, hey, you know, something happened here. Was this a complication? And we'd send that query or we'd ask them to do it. I, again, I think that that we really need to stratify this after this coding clinic into two different scenarios. One, there are 
some cases and some codes where we never need to ask them if it was a complication or not. It is inherent in the fact that that happened uh, that we are going to count it as a, a complication. Um, and I think that's what the coding clinic and clarification told us for this code. Uh, this was uh, K91.71. I think there are other codes uh, similar that we will not need to ask the, the physician, was it a complication? The fact that it happened is enough to show us that we have that cause and effect relationship, um, and it's enough that there's an indication that it is a complication, whether they document it or not. You know, again, in the cases where we don't know, we're still asking them the question. We're just changing that language uh, from complication to, you know, did it alter the course of the surgery? It's a better question. It's one that people can, even if people are trying to say the right thing, you, you know, that inherent bias of not wanting to say something a complication is is there. So we're asking a better question. I think that we'll get better answers. I think that in the end, we will get better coding out of this. And I think, yep, we're going to probably see some tick up in PSI 15. Time will tell on that. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but if that happens, at least we have better, more accurate information to know what is going on with our patients uh, in our own hospital and nationally, and we can take that information and we can do something about it. So, you know, this goes back to clinical documentation integrity and that word integrity. We want to get it right. I think that this helps us get it right more often. I really, I mean, I love the way the, you know, the language, changing that language just a little bit because AJ hit the nail on the head where, you know, you say the word complication around, even around a surgeon, they're going to go running in a different direction. But I, I think I look at cases too that get presented and say, well, you know, clinically, I, I, I wouldn't call that a complication that, you know, if you have a three hour takedown of adhesions, you know, and and you have a serosal tear and, you know, they've run the bowel and just to make sure everything's OK, you know, yeah, that extended the surgery. It wasn't really planned. You know, is that really a complication at that point, you know, or is it inherent? Like we know that a scratch is going to happen here or there. So are we recognizing that, you know, it, once this gets to a coder level that that a query should go out versus not, you know, whether this should be captured as a complication or not. And I think it's it's when those cases are on the line and are we educating our coding staff and our CDI staff in real, you know, to look at this in real time to really make sure that we're capturing it accurately versus, you know, leaving it to somebody's, their judgment on how they're looking at it. So I, I think, you know, I, I get a little concerned. And again, you know, in this particular, with the coding clinic itself, in this particular situation, the clinical situation that was presented, clinically, do I think that was a complication? Absolutely, I do, you know, for that specific case. But, you know, I think I struggle a little bit because it went a little bit beyond just the complication part of this. It, it really kind of, you know, did kind of bleed into a little bit of that convention of the what what the doctor says is what it is and then our hierarchy of of coding so where does that leave us in a situation like this where something you know clinically in my opinion and only my opinion this situation this was a complication but a physician said it wasn't and so now where does that leave us as cdis where does that leave us you know with coding uh, a, a situation like this because we're now dealing with a convention that says if the doctor says it, that's what it is. And the doctor said it wasn't a complication. So what do we do in situations like that? So I I agree with you. And I think that it 
presents a really challenging area. But I'm curious, uh, and we'll never know, if you ask that same doctor, did this alter the course of your surgery? What would they have said? Now, we don't need to ask that for this particular question because we've just set a bar. We have universally said, okay, this code in this situation, we are going to report this as a complication. But I wonder if you went back to that original doctor and the same thing and said, hey, did this alter the course of surgery? What would their answer be? And would that then help us all feel better about it? Interesting question. Um, we're running out of time. Do either of you have anything else to add? Or is there anything that you want CDI professionals to think about? I will tell you, I, I absolutely love AJ's approach here. <laughs> and really, I'm sitting here going, all right, let's write this down and let's start teaching this to everybody. <laughs> um, because this, I, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with this approach. And I think it's just a softer way of approaching things, too. And it's, I, I really do think this is how you go. This is absolutely the way you go um, to see. And that's how you ask the question. Instead of hammering away at what we're used to, old school, is this a complication or not? I think it's brilliant, to be honest with you. So um, I think we need to spread the word. Well, I wish I could take credit for the the coming up with the idea of that is our approach. But um, you know, this was after discussion with several other people. Um, you know, and, and we just we have a lot of great engagement with coding and CDI and quality and really thoughtful discussions um, and discussion with people at Actis and other physician advisors. And so, you know, this is this is what we've come up with with some deep thought and some good discussion. And I think that that's what it takes uh, when you get challenges is just really sitting around and talking about what are the potentials and and somebody's going to come up with a better answer than than me most of the time. But then I will jump on it if it's right. Well, fantastic. This was a very interesting discussion and I learned a lot. AJ, I really appreciate you taking the time to share what you guys are doing at your organization. And Kim, as always, thank you for your perspective um, as a CDI educator. This has been really helpful. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. As always, if our audience has any questions about this topic, you can send us an email at, to the Actus team. And that is to actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. We'll put that email in today's show notes, which are available on the show page at actus.org and in your podcast app so you can grab it from there. Now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. Firstly, now through Friday, March 10th, Actus is collecting responses for our annual Actus membership survey. This survey provides us with a glimpse into each member's needs, wants, and even your frustrations. While we can't sit down with each of you much as we would like to, your candid responses to the survey are invaluable as we seek to improve our offerings within the membership and for the broader industry. You don't have to only be an Actus member. We do encourage any non-member friends who would like to add their input to please take the survey. Particularly, we want to, you to offer your opinion surrounding our free resources. So you can find the link to the annual Actus membership survey in the show notes. And you do have until Friday, March 10th to take that survey and give us your opinion. Next, I want to remind our members that the first quarterly membership call of 2023 
is right around the corner on Thursday, February 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern time. These quarterly calls are a benefit for Actis membership, and they focus on specific topics of interest to CDI professionals and highlight the work of Actis's advisory board and committees. We're going to spend time on our first quarterly call of 2023, featuring a discussion with Linnea Archibald, Actis's Associate Editorial Director, about the 2022 Salary Survey, where we'll discuss interesting trends that were revealed by Actis's annual report. Plus, we're going to be joined by members of the Actis Advisory Board to discuss overall trends in CDI and what the future holds. Finally, if you are interested in learning more about the Actis National Conference in May, join us on Wednesday, February 22nd at 1 p.m. Eastern for a free video webinar to find out all about how you can flourish and how the conference can help your career grow by joining us in Chicago, May 8th, 11th, 2023 in downtown Chicago. We'll spend a fun 30 minutes chatting about the agenda and interesting topics that will be covered. And we're going to look at the new networking and educational opportunities we have this year including our Eat, Meet, Grow roundtables on topics as diverse as outpatient CDI, pediatrics, and leadership. Plus, we're going to be joined by a special guest, Christine Green, MSN-RN, who is Vice President of Clinical Documentation at Northwestern Memorial Healthcare, which is literally around the corner from where our conference will be held. And Christine is going to join us to discuss her hometown of Chicago and offer suggestions for exploring the city. I look forward to chatting about the fun times we can find in Chicago, and I do hope you will join us. You can find the link to register for this free webinar in the show notes. As a reminder, before we finish up today, each Actis podcast episode now offers 0.5 Actis CEUs, which can be used toward recertifying your CCDS or CCDSO credential for those who listen to the show in the first 48 hours from the time of publication. To receive your 0.5 CEUs, go to the show page on actus.org, located under the Resources tab, and follow the instructions in the show notes for today's episode. Your certificate will be automatically emailed to you upon submitting the brief evaluation. The cutoff for today's episode is Friday, February 17th at 11 p.m. Eastern. So way after I will have already fallen asleep for the night. If you're on the West Coast, you can still squeeze in those CEUs. After that point, the CEU period does close and you will not be eligible for the 0.5 CEUs for this week's episode. But don't worry, you can get another opportunity in two weeks. If you listen to all the episodes and claim all the CEUs for the podcast this year, you can have earned up to 12 free CEUs just from the podcast in 2023. That's quite a lot. With that, we have finally reached the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We will be back in two weeks on Wednesday, March 1st for our next show. If you want to receive reminders about each episode to make sure you never miss us, then just subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, CDI Strategies, which always includes a link to the new episode when it's available. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actors website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app may be. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we'd really appreciate it if you'd take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app to help others find our show. 
Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by D. Yankee, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar, both obtained from the Free Music Archive. If you have any suggestions at all for future guests or topics, please email us at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. Until next time, take care, everyone. <laughs>